Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello, hello there, my beautiful red women standing on the edge of evolutionary change in our minds, bodies, our souls. I am so delighted. I mean, beyond delighted, really, because today I have a repeat guest who's been on the Red Podcast right in the very beginning, actually. I think she was one of the first or second interviews that aired. It was an incredibly popular interview. And sitting etherically next to me is my dearest, dearest sister in the world, Lisa Schrader. Hello, my love. Hello, my darling sister. I feel so honored to be here and so excited about our conversation today. Well, this is the truth of it. Lisa Schrader is the founding of Awakening Shakti, Shakti Woman, and she is really my go-to person. Whenever there is something going on with my feminine body, with my feminine heart, with my feminine soul, this woman is my wise sister. She is a couple years ahead of me on the journey and so has really been my confidant through this menopausal maelstrom that I know, that you know that I've been going through for about the last, oh, let me see, nine years, is it now? I've talked to, (laughs) it's been a while, you know, and I've talked to a lot of different women and I've shared a lot of different things with you all. And Lisa and I were just chatting the other day about the transition of our sexuality through menopause. And I was confiding in her, you know, some pretty personal things that I'm going to share with you today. Um, about that process. And I said to her, you know what, this is a, a freaking amazing conversation. We should get onto the podcast and record this because there's women out there who got, who need to have this conversation with us. So mm. that's where that's where we're beginning, Lisa. That's awesome. I'm so glad we're doing it. Mm. And I want everybody to take a big breath because wow, you know, when we we decide we're going to talk about sex, even though we're all women, probably in these circles who are pretty comfortable with that. There's like a little, can we talk about this? And is this going to be scary? And oh my God, this is going to bring so many feelings up for me. And so I just want to green light that if you happen to be feeling that, um, have us just relax into the conversation and Mm. we're going to receive what needs to be received here and that we're safe to have this conversation Mm. and that it's so important that we have this conversation. Mm. 
Mm, Thank you for that attunement. And maybe what we should do, actually, I'm just hearing this in wisdom, just as you're taking that breath, just finding our seat. I want you to find your perineum and your roots and your your yoni down there, whatever you call a yoni, pussy, vagina, I don't care. She's got many thousands of names that we call her, but just Mm. actually say hello to her in whatever way, you know? And we we still, like Lisa said, we have this taboo about this part of our body or about the fact that we could be sexual. And there's a lot of mess that we're still clearing up from 2000 plus years of patriarchy and being told that we shouldn't be in these bodies or enjoy pleasure. Mm. So I'm aware of that collective shadow, like Lisa said, as we talk about and bring up the word sex. So let's just take a breath into that for a moment and then just, you know, to reference that whenever I think about having this conversation, there's always this funny little song that comes up in my mind, which is, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things we can be. Let's talk about it. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to talk about it. Okay, so what would you say some of the messages are, least that we get as menopausal women? I'm 55. You are? 58. See, I told you, she's three years ahead of me. What do you think some of the most damaging messages that we get about ourselves as older women, women who are in middle age, women who are menopausal queens about sex? Mm. Well, certainly there's the whole story about being over the hill, being being done, you know, the the, the yoni isn't what it used to be. Sex hurts, sex is uncomfortable, um, that, you know, we don't often see very many, this is starting to change a little bit, but we don't really see, you know, older women in media falling into bed with their partners or having orgasms or even having, you know, sexual desires, right? That's um, something that, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't get a lot of modeling for. So it gets really confusing. And yeah, that, that whole narrative about being done and finished and, you know, good riddance with all of that. And we're supposed to just, you know, be, you know, little happy old ladies and move all that energy out of the sex center. And, you know, what, up into the heart, we become grandmothers and make cookies and, you know, that part (laughs) of our life is over, I guess. Oh, the moratorium. Oh my God. You know, when we were starting to talk about this, hun, I I brought up two words that are like the 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 death knoll of, men, of menopausal women. And it's these words vaginal atrophy. Oh. And you know, oh my God, right? Okay, so this, this so bad. It's well, who so came bad. up with that? Who came up with those two words put together? I don't even understand. This is an actual, if you haven't heard of this, ladies, this is an actual medical diagnosis. And I am laughing because it does sound like something out of, I don't even know, out of some horrible book. Essentially, vaginal atrophy is this thing that Lisa was talking about that is not talked about out loud. At least I never knew anything about it. I just thought there was something gone horribly wrong. 
And basically what vaginal atrophy translates to in your body is the thinning of the, the membranes of your vagina internally of your yoni of that that it's not skin right it's flesh but it's that membrane that is normally like lubricated and gorgeously receptive and wants to have sex suddenly starts to dry up and not just dry up become very sensitive and thin and what that then does which is a little horrifying honestly is it makes sex extraordinarily painful and suddenly you have this owie burning sensation where you're like, oh my God, like what used to be pleasurable is now no longer pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And so this was what I was chatting to Lisa about in all honesty, because, you know, this had ju- just started in real, real earnest happening to me this last year, which marks a whole new departure point on my menopausal journey. And I was horrified to which then Lisa said, oh yeah, that's a thing. So let's talk mm-hmm. about what that does to us, not just on the physical level, but on the emotional, intimate level with our beloveds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, my experience with this, you know, and I think it's super important we speak about this beloved because, you know, here we are vocal women in the world, right? In our priestessing and our um, sharing of this message about what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a priestess and what it means to be a goddess and uh, to awaken our Shakti, right? Like if we, um, as comfortable as we are talking about these aspects of the feminine, if we are in the dark, if we are embarrassed, if we are going through our own private hell <laughs> with, you know, these menopausal symptoms, then, I mean, I can only imagine how difficult it is for 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 other women, right? Because it was really shocking for me mm-hmm. um, when I started really having these kinds of symptoms. And of course, I knew about them, but I, I was under the illusion that uh, they would just, you know, it was a little phase, and then <laughs> right. you know, you get over it, you sort of get back to normal. Okay, well, that was an was incorrect. <laughs> that was not correct. Um, and also I had the experience with that, you know, that classic story about how if you put a frog in hot water, it'll boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put a frog in cold water and put it on boil, you'll basically cook the frog. And that was what I was experiencing. I was just kind of slowly losing my, my, um, you know, my vibrancy and thinking, oh, I just need, you know, I know the yoni gets drier and menopause. I'll just add a little bit more lube. Everything will be fine. But then I noticed slowly, I was like, oh, I wanted to, I was avoiding sex. I was also kind of grinning and bearing it like, oh, you know, it's weird when you're really turned on to your partner who you're having having sex with. And in this case, it's my husband and I'm extremely turned on to him. We can get into that weird place where like we're turned on in my case, I was like, you know, there's so much love flowing and I feel really turned on, but then you can kind of override, right. The pain 
And the pain can be like, oh yeah, I don't really like that part, but I'm going to not think about that part. I'm just going to think about this part. And for a while I was doing that until it started really becoming more dominant. And I was actually speaking to a very good friend of mine who happens to be a nurse, um, my dear friend, Mary Beauchamp. And she was, is also somebody that I have had, you know, long and deep conversations about sex with ever since we've known each other for almost 30 years. And I was kind of, we were on a hike and I was kind of complaining like, yeah, sex is starting to really hurt. And she just stopped. We were walking on the trail she just stopped and I stopped and I looked at her and she like grabbed me by the shoulders and she just looked at me and she goes, this is not okay. And it's not okay for any woman. And it is certainly not okay for you, Lisa Schrader. You need to get that handled. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I guess I do. So I went to, you know, a, a, a also a dear friend and somebody that we've both worked with, um, our naturopath mm-hmm. uh, in town, Dr. Heidi Hook. And that's where I started getting educated about what happens with the lack of estrogen and how estradiol is something that um, is a hormone that we want to use to replenish the tissue. And that if we don't, it's not just the dryness that starts to happen, but it's the actual, you know, um, lining of the vagina that gets thinner and thinner. And then if you are having, um, intercourse or penetration, you get these little, they call them micro tears. It's horrible. And once you start getting those micro tears, which by the way, I don't care how much lubrication you use, that will not prevent that from happening because it's not just an issue of lubrication. It's this thinning, right? The actual tissue isn't being supported with all the nourishment and nutrients it needs to be vital and healthy. And once you get those micro tears, of course, then you can, it's so easy to introduce bacteria into it. Literally, you have like these small wounds inside of your yoni And then of course you're, you know, much more likely to have infections and other complications. So this is not something to mess with. I also want to say, I don't know that this happens to every woman, right? But it is definitely something to pay attention to. And I actually, there's a lot more information about the different hormones. If you want to hear it straight from our doctor, um, Dr. Heidi, then you can check out, I have a podcast um, called She Source. And we have an episode there called the vibrant vagina, where if you want to just, you know, geek out a little bit more, which I can't really speak to. I'm not a doctor about literally the physiological changes that are happening. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, sweetheart. So this is this thing that I, I, as you know, y'all, I'm, I'm really down to speak about what it is for us to come into our power and what it is for us to make these transitions in our lives as women um, developmentally. And I think one of the things that's been most, um, amazing and challenging for me. And I want to speak into this, Lise, because there's the physical component of this, right? Which is grinning and bearing it. Oh my goddess. Okay. Like what the heck, right? Grinning and bearing it because you think, well, surely how bad can it be? Well, I got news for you, ladies. It can be pretty bad, right? Yeah. And, and so why would we do that, right? Like, why would we? Oh my god! Like, right, something much deeper inside of us that needs to be looked at. That's also, I think, up in menopause and the menopausal journey is that like 
overriding your truth, overriding, trying to be a pleaser, trying to be a performer. Oh, that's not me. No, no. I'm like, you know, I'm the one who gets on top and I'm like, let's go. Like, I don't want to be the one that's like, ouch, I'm sorry. You're hurting me. Right. And we, we, we're like overriding the body. Right. Right. And that's not okay. That's not okay. So that's number one is, is that you, you named it is, is that this menopausal journey, if nothing else is all about no longer doing the things that we did before, because, you know, guess what? We're not willing to, because it just doesn't make sense. So there's that piece of it. And then the next piece that I really want to chat with you about, and I think is incredibly important is what I realized inside of that was like, okay, this is about actually having to talk about sexual contact, intimacy with myself, with my beloved in an entirely new way. Because what I could do when I was 45 in my body and what happened for me when I was 45 in my body isn't happening now. And I, and what I have seen it as, and this is what got us chatting the other day, which is why I wanted to share this um, podcast with you all so much, which is this, that there is a level of intimacy that starts to happen with self and then with other that is actually challenged and necessitated by this shift. And so I was wondering if we could talk a bit more about that in your experience, Lise, because I know you've been my guide through this and, mm-hmm. and I know you, you just spoke about it, but it's like, we don't want to have sex because it was hurting, but then who really wants to talk about the fact that their vagina is hurting? <laughs> mm, exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think um, there's so much to say here. First, I just want to say, because I'm not sure we landed this is at least for me. And again, everybody's different. This is why it's super important that you find your own healthcare provider who can give you really good, you know, counsel based on your body, your hormone levels, all of that stuff. Um, But I, my whole sex life has been transformed with a little bit of estradiol, which according to my naturopath has zero side effects. It's nothing but nourishment for the yoni. And so a lot of those physiological issues that I was having, mm-hmm. I not have anymore. So I just want to say like, there is hope. There are answers. I know when I talked to Heidi and she's like, this is easily solvable. This problem will go away for you in like two weeks. And I was like dumbfounded. And I'm like, right. Why don't more people know this? And she said, good question. Why don't you start talking about it? Because (laughs) everybody should know know this. And so anyway, that's, I think it's really important to know that, that there's that, that solution is available. Mm. Um, Okay. So then switching more to this, these other more subtle questions, because oh, there's, there's so much here. I think one of the first things that's really important and certainly, you know, my, my husband and I are talking about this a lot because he's my age as well. And his Mm -hmm. libido is changing a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, his whole identity around who he is sexually is shifting because his desire is less, you know, his body is doing different things than it's ever done. And that is certainly true for, you know, for us as women too. So I would say the first thing is that we are in a massive change in the menopassage. 
which by the way, for me has been at least a decade. Now, if somebody had told me that in my forties, I would have been like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Like that sounds horrible, but it's, it is, you know, the act, there's the actual ceasing of menopause, which for me was uh, fairly efficient for you, beloved. I know it's been a lingering process. Um, but then there's the, there's all these other pieces that are part of this rebirthing time. And so the first thing I wanted, would like to share now that I'm, I'm 10 years in is like, relax into the process, trust the process, know that there is a lot being dismantled. There, there will be these periods where you don't know who you are. You don't know what to do. You need deep rest. You need lots of time for repair. And there's a, there's a reassessment that's taking place and trust the process um, and know that things will start to make sense again, but you will be a different person. Right. There is grief in that. Yeah. I think that there's a, you know, your work is so beautiful with this sweetheart, but like there's a real um, time of mourning and Mm. and shedding and releasing, you know, for me as a mother, you know, that coincided with my children empty nesting and this feeling of like, oh my God, they don't need me anymore. And my whole identity as mother is changing. And it's, it's like the body is also saying, that's right, darling, no more estrogen. (laughs) You don't need to be, you know, literally figuratively giving your life force, nursing literally all of these whether your children are your biological children or whether your children are your team members or your business or your passion projects, like there, there needs to be a shift from that way we've been giving and our whole identity around that so that we can step into the new stage of our lives as wise women, as queen, as sovereign beings, where we're retaining our life force. We're retaining our our energy, we're setting new boundaries with an open heart and love, but yeah, like, nope, that's not my business or, oh, I see you're really struggling, but I'm going to need to let you handle that on your own. I trust that you have the resources to do that. Like there's a shifting of like, oh no, I'll do it. I'll handle it. Mm. You know, I'll do all of that to like, no, this is what my truth is. And I think this dovetails into this question around around our sexuality. Like, yes, there's like, oh, I want to be, you know, that girl I was in my forties sexually, but that is not (laughs) who I am. And so what is here between us now? You know, like I need us to slow down or I need lots more cuddling or I need different positions or wow, you know, my left hip doesn't do what it used to do. Like I need to shift how we're doing sex. I need to have my legs this way. I need to find where my pleasure is, like where my turn on is. Oh my God, that thing, it used to turn me on all the time. And now I go to that thing and it leaves me cold. Does that mean my (laughs) sexuality is dead? Oh yeah, we can go into that whole story. Oh my God, I can't get turned on anymore and blah, blah, blah. That that might be true for that particular thing, but here's what's on offer. Like, well, what turns you on now? Like, yeah. where where is the pleasure? It's yeah. not that the pleasure's gone. It's that the pleasure is changing. Mm. 
Mm. And I think that, thank you, sweetheart. It's so beautiful. You know, this is why I go to Lisa, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> to be in her wise counsel, because, you know, as a sister, as a, as a dear friend on this path, we all need those that we can trust, that we can lean into, because this is a massive transition. And for those of you who are in it, and like Lisa said, hers was fairly efficient. Mine has been somewhat of a meandering uphill, downhill, round and round journey. And what I know about that is, is it can be, it's easy to feel really lost within it because you, you're not, you don't have your same governance in terms of this, this cycle that you've been going through the rest of your life, right? Where you've been cycling between menstruation and ovulation. You're no longer there. You're in this kind of no man's land out at sea without a rudder. And it's confusing because these things do happen. And, and, and there's a signal here for a rite of passage into deeper wisdom. Right. But we, we're still learning how to, how to remember that because for, you know, our mothers and their mothers before them, this is not something that was talked about. Hey, this is not something that's still not being talked about as much as it needs to be for women to feel that they, you know, the fact that there is even this diagnostic vaginal atrophy, which is such a, I nearly said apathy. <laughs> that could be it too. <laughs> but, you know, the, the fact that there is that kind of diagnosis out there that is, let's face it, clearly was dis, was come up by, by a man, right? Because mm. who, no, no woman in her right mind would label you with vaginal atrophy for God's sakes. However, <laughs> you know, there is this, um, this signaling from the body. And yes, there's a, a beautiful, thank goodness, way of alleviating that with the estradiol, like you were talking about. And, for me, and this has been the thing that's been so amazing, is it's been an initiation into a deeper level of self-respect, self-love, and actually a place of sitting in my truth that has been really a way of, like you were saying, Lisa, not abandoning ourselves, like not agreeing to something, saying yes when we mean no, or in in every area of my life, not just in sexual, the sexual arena. So I think there's something very, very powerful being signaled to us at this point. And then there is this word intimacy. And I want to talk about intimacy because I think what's happened in my relationship to myself and to my beloved is, is that I've had to get more real. The, mm. Any kind of, I want to say, I, I don't want to want to use the words performance, but you know what I mean, right? Any kind of part of me that may have been doing it to have them feel good or whatever, that no longer exists. Yeah. <laughs> and I find that fascinating. I wonder if you can talk about that a bit more from your experience of your own, but also all the women that you work with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that, um, yeah, like as you were just speaking into that, I think that that those ways of pleasing and performing, of course, this is deeply mm -hmm. um, programmed into us in just the patriarchy, pressure-driven overculture um, about what it means to be a woman, right? Like that's changing dramatically, but it's still, you know, it's still a part of how we're indoctrinated. And 
um, there's a real, first of all, I think part as part of the menopausal passage, there is just an inability. I've, I've seen this in so many women. It kind of shocked me with, you know, my sister's who were further along the line than me, like they go through menopause and they just got like fierce and they got so um, like in the, just like this lack of tolerance for bullshit. It's like the part of us that used to be able to go, Oh yeah, whatever. Da, da, da. It's like those, those filters really shift. And there's a, there's a, it feels like just a, a much firmer commitment to speaking the truth and being honest and, you know, calling it the way that it is, which of course we can do in skillful, open-hearted ways, or we can do in, you know, more toxic ways. <laughs> so like that's definitely a, a skill set that I see women um, working with as they come into this like potency and power that is the voice, you know, of the, of the wise woman. But I think that, 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 is part of this movement towards being really more authentic, having more access to authenticity within the self. And in so doing then, you know, hopefully if you're in a loving relationship where you feel safe to do so, to reveal that to your, to your partner. And then by so doing, moving into deeper levels of, hopefully connection and love and mm. you know into me you see kind of intimacy mm. and i think that because we can't override that stuff with maybe the same level of like sexual vigor that we used to have that was also <laughs> maybe performative or pleasing or whatever there really is this different frequency that comes in mm-hmm. hopefully Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also part of what's on offer. Like I hear a lot of women uh, talking about like they, you know, they move into this and they're like, oh, I just don't feel any turn on anymore. Like, I don't know where my libido is. It's just gone. Like, I'm just not, I don't want to have sex. And, and, and I also think, again, that's, that is, I think a normal part. Like if we can just normalize that and not be like, catastrophizing about like, oh, that's, it's gone forever. It's never going to come back, but instead see that, like that, that, um, place where it's emptying out and it feels like it's not there is, is, is like the autumn, right. Or the winter where things have to go underground there. There might be some reckoning about like, okay, well, who am I and what do I really want? And am I going to like, what do I want out of this relationship or this relationship with myself? Because if you're not partnered, it could be like, oh yeah, I used to, you know, self-pleasure, masturbate. And I used to like, that used to make me happy. And like, I'll hear women say, yeah, now I touch myself and I just don't feel anything. Like it's not there anymore. And that, does that mean that, you know, your sexuality is gone? Well, it might be again. And like in this fallow period and it's regenerating, there will be a spring, but it might also be like, even with your own body. I know for me, there was a real shift from like this sort of demand that I had that, you know, I would touch my clitoris in a particular way and she would perform for me and, and I would have an orgasm and that would make me feel better, would release my stress or 
you know, whatever, but it, there's still a, like kind of a top-down approach versus like one of the things I'm teaching, you know, in my curriculum is like, what does it feel like to just connect with your Yoni? Like from a place of love, like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> What's going on with you? Yeah. You know? You yeah. feel turned on or not? Tell me why you're not feeling turned on. You know, does it feel good if I do this? Does it feel good if I just hold you and be with you for a little bit? Versus mm-hmm. this, like, I touch myself because I want her to give me an orgasm. Like, I mean, we we can embody that in our own bodies. Yeah. And I think same when we go into intimacy with other, like, mm-hmm. can we present with what is actually there, can we, you know, open the heart and find that those places where we can really be a channel for love? If it's not pleasing or performing, can it be like, oh, I actually really want to give to my partner? Mm-hmm. It turns maybe I'm not particularly turned on today, or I'm not feeling very orgasmic, but I can be a yes for intimacy with him and giving to him in a way. I was reflecting on this inside of myself around how different that approach is to actually meeting my yoni, myself, where I am and not having that expectation that I should be turned on. And I think that this is the massive shift, right? Because when we're in our 40s, I remember... It didn't take anything for me to be turned on. Yes. Right. And now it's a different story. And I think we've been taught to make, excuse me, to make that mean there's something wrong with us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, we can all feel this in our own bodies, right? Like you're, you know, you're, with yourself or with your beloved and you're like, wow, I'm not really feeling turned on. And then, you know, immediately the stories in the mind start, right? Like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with my body? This is, it's never going to come back. You know, just all that, all the scary stories start. And then where are we? Well, we're not in our bodies anymore. We're up in our heads. We're up at, we're in our anxiety. We're in all of those places, which means we're not really even able to connect with our partner. So, I mean, if that, if that's happening, it's super important to just name that like, Mm. wow, I'm, you know, if you can do it in, in that safe place, if it feels safe to just say, wow, I'm not feeling this. And Mm-hmm. You know, name it. I, I'm afraid you're going to think that's about you, that I'm not turned on to you. I don't know what's going on with my body right now. It scares the crap out of me too. Like, you know, that kind of normalizing of, of what's going on. And, and then, you know, if, if, if that is happening for me, at least now, maybe because I've been practicing it and also because I am really turned on again, like I'm actually... <laughs> I'm having the most phenomenal orgasms of my life. They, they honestly keep getting better and better and better. And I mean, it's, it's a little crazy. So I, I am feeling that again. So I can just say, I mean, we're not, obviously everybody's journey is differently, but I can like, 
I can, I can give you a postcard from this side of menopause and say, wow, like there's a lot that's not there, but there is so much more than has ever been there at the same time. And, you know, I think there's many reasons for that, that, you know, we could go into if we wanted to, like, how did that happen? But I think going back to the piece around, like, how do we deal with that moment? You know, I, I'm committed to being a yes to pleasure and connection and love. So if I'm in that moment with my beloved, sometimes I'm just like, babe, I do not have anything in me tonight. You know, I just need to cuddle with you and, you know, let him be disappointed. Let him go through whatever he needs to go through. I love you so much, but like, I just need some cuddling. Um, that's perfectly acceptable. Like I say that more now than I probably used to. Um, but I'm also committed to connection with him. And so if, if I'm not particularly turned on, I can also, you know, if my, if I feel authentically that it's my truth, I'm very happy to pleasure him. Like if he's really got a lot of sexual energy, to give that, you know, from an open-hearted place. And I derive so much pleasure from watching him be pleasured. A lot of times, if that's the case, I find like, oh, I just found my turn on. Like, it feels really good to be in that, like, role, if you will, to, like, give him pleasure. Um, And it, uh, yeah, it just, it makes me happy to do that. So if, if we can go to that place, not from a sense of obligation or like it's a chore, I mean, sometimes it's like a little bit of, a little bit of that and that's okay. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's like, we all do things for each other when we're not necessarily, you know, he doesn't really want to drag those big ass trash cans off of our acreage and all the way up to the top of the street on Thursday nights. <laughs> doesn't really turn him on, but he does that because he's big and he's strong and it's pretty hard for me to get those things to the top of the hill. And, (laughs) you know, we do shit for each other and to just think of our sexuality, you know, a little bit in that way too, with maybe not so much of the baggage on it it might be helpful as well. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, one of the things that I'm struck by as you're speaking, and I think that this speaks to the journey of um, maturation or the journey of our next phase, the next chapter of our lives as women. Like, you know, I think from really late forties through mid fifties is such a massive transition for us. And I, I, before we came on, I pulled a, a card from the Magdalene Rose Oracle deck because I wanted to get guidance from her. And of course she gave me the sovereign power card, which is this beautiful image of a woman sitting as a queen on her throne flanked by the lion and the lioness by the male and female lions rooted to this massive beautiful tree and it's really about coming to sit back on our sovereign thrones in a whole new way and I was wondering if you can just talk about the power of this phase in our because sexuality is one way of looking at it we think about sex as being our intimate life with our partners So I'm wondering, Lisa, if you can, from your perspective, speak to that distillation of that, of our power and just, just how that lands with you and what you might have to say about this phase that we find ourselves in and what that looks like. 
you know, one of the things I'm so present to now mm. and, and it's still evolving, you know, like mm-hmm. it's still totally evolving for me, but mm. there, there's so much talk about the loss of this, of what we've, what we're losing, right? Like, yeah. and, and that's real. I'm not pretending that that is not real, but just like any transition we go through, we, we, we mean, this is such a core part of your priestess presence work, right? It's an initiation. We have to mm-hmm. hand in that doorway and grieve and let go of a lot of, of things for sure. We've, I think we've hit a lot of them, but what, but what also happens is we are given mm. so much that is new and so much that is like this love that you drew this card, like this sovereign power. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the story that I don't think it's spoken to. Right. Very, especially because the dominant narrative is like youth is good and age is, you know, a failing and a, a sliding down the hill and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, but there's so much that, that is given. And I think this card speaks to that, like, like any transition, like the transition we made from being a teenager to being in our twenties or, you know, being a maiden to stepping into mother, like, yeah, there's a lot that we're letting go of, but God, there's so much that we're gaining. And I feel like this wisdom, this knowing who we are, this like resting into being a grown ass woman, this knowing of our boundaries, this feeling of really radiance. Like in my teachings, that's the Shakti at the center of everything, which is, has this frequencies of love and pleasure and union. Like I know those places in me. I know what it's like to love and to love with abandoned. And I know what it's like to merge and feel totally supported by goddess Mm -hmm. and by source. I know where to go for that. I know where to go for love. I know that that comes from inside of me. I'm not looking for it outside. I'm not trying to fill something. Mm -hmm. I know that pleasure is a gateway into my divinity. I prioritize pleasure and beauty and my sensuality because it gives me joy because it lets me walk around, as Michael says, just a notch below bliss. I want to live like that. I want to live with access to that vibrancy and that radiance. And in so doing, then we can radiate that out. And we can be an anchor for that on the planet. And God is, mm. we need more of that mm. frequency on the planet and less of this insanity, mm. you know, the mess that's out there, the, the, the conflict, the violence, like yeah. more of these divine feminine principles of like, oh, can we orient towards love and cooperation and peace and appreciation and gratitude for even having this gorgeous body that can have orgasms and can taste this amazing food and can feel the touch of another. Like that's what I think is part of the sovereignty and is part of the power. And 
I also think we are like in the most powerful moment. We're not, you know, old, we're not dealing with, you know, what can be often those really intense, you know, physiological health issues that, you know, I watch my mom and her friends in their eighties grappling with on a day to day, you know, we're not there. We are, we are like in such a state of potency and vibrancy and power. And I think it's why we see so many women in this stage of life in positions of leadership. And I think we need a lot more of us in all the ways that we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I thank you for saying that because I, I, I feel like underneath all of this, you know, that started off with the physiological, like wake up call of like, oh damn, I'm not where I was. Right. Triggering then this, this re-examining and this re-cohering, right. Of who I am now and that sovereign throne of power. And I always remember um, reading in the years and years ago now it was a book by Lara Owens and it's called Her Blood is Gold and it was one of the first books I read around conscious menstruation it was right back when you know the whole kind of reclamation of our blood mysteries was very nascent it was new Mm -hmm. and um and she was writing about that and I was very struck by this notion of when we stop bleeding that we actually she was saying the metaphor is we hold the gold within us And I think there's something fascinating about that idea of the alchemical nature of this phase of life, of this menopause moment, where we are refining ourselves. We are coming closer into the essence and the truth of who we are after a lifetime in our 50s of traveling. You know, there is actualized wisdom happening in your 50s, ladies. That's what's true. We've lived a life or two already. Now, we're not crones, like you said, but we're being called into a conscious decision of how we utilize our power now, not the kind of power that we might have had in our 40s or even in our 30s. This is a different kind of power. And I really feel like it's linked to the physiological change, to the psychological change, to the emotional change. And it's absolutely beautiful Mm. in its challenge. And I can say that now, even though I'm still having, you know, wicked hot flashes and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, and I'm really dealing with and encountering the, the vaginal atrophy and that piece that I am so grateful for this journey. I really am because it has given me, and I believe even though it's not been something I would wish on anybody else, like, oh, go through this, but there's been something that has humanized me around my journey to Mm. really bring me into kind of a, what I would say is a place of graceful humility. That's beautiful, sweetheart. Yeah. Which, you know, graceful humility to me, that also smacks of wisdom, mm. you know, like, yeah, there is a, yeah, there's a, there's a graduation of mm-hmm. sorts, you know, something that is hard one that has been, <laughs> that is, that you can't get any other way, right. That is evolutionary and right. Yeah. And it is, there's a lot of grace in that. Mm. 
There really is. There really, really is. And I think that's one of the things that is different, um, that isn't talked about enough. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, we get stuck in the, like Lisa said, like the problems, right? They're like, oh my gosh, wow, I'm not who I was. And I, you know, the estrogen means that my skin doesn't look the same way and my hair doesn't look the same way. And, you know, (laughs) there's a lot to be embraced for sure. And I have to say, I am actually enjoying this decade of my life more than any other. I don't know if that's true for you, but it's certainly true for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, like one of the hardest pieces for me, because I am such a visual person and I'm an, you know, an image type, you know, any of three. We're both any of threes, darling. <laughs> and it's been, yeah, I mean, I, I have been very attached to, you know, my being able to walk in the room and feel like, you know, I'm, I'm noticed and I'm, you know, I'm one of the sexy girls in the room, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's embarrassing to say that, but it was just, it was was such a part of my reality for so long. I didn't even really question that. Right. right. That, that is, you know, I still feel sexy and I still, you know, feel all those things, but that experience is not really my reality. Like it's very, much, uh, uh, it's a, been a huge grappling to feel not noticed or not seen or, you know, I have beautiful daughters who are, you know, in their, the fecundity of their twenties and they're very <laughs> luscious and gorgeous. So I mean, I've been getting practice because I walk down the street with them and literally like people don't make eye contact with me. Like we're all looking at them. Right. Because that's just right. like programming. And that's really, really hard. And I haven't liked it and I've been pissed off about it. And I've just, you know, I I haven't been very graceful about that inside my own system. On the outside, you wouldn't notice because I'm good at, you know, showing you how evolved I am. But inside, I'm like, I hate this part. Oh my God, this is horrid. (laughs) But like in this evolution, there is something, and I actually think that's an important phase. Like I'm not making myself wrong for that. I think we have to, you know, fully grieve that thing, you know, and be pissed off about it and how unfair it is and blah, blah, blah. But there is something happening now where for the first time, and because I, I've never known this before, it's new, but there's like such a relief in not having to be on. Like there's a, it's like, it's almost like Harry Potter with the invisibility cloak. Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's like a way for me to be a little bit more stealth. There's a way for me to like actually stay more in my heart and just kind of like beam my love or my Shakti or my radiance in the room in a way that doesn't demand the attention or, you know, isn't, doesn't have me on center stage with it. And I'm, I'm noticing, God, I'm just so relieved, Elaine. I'm like, there's a, there's a real part of me. That's like, oh, that door is closing, but look what's opening. Like, I just get to be me, you know, and I'm, I'm less obsessed about, you know, my menopausal belly. Like I was so obsessed about my weight gain. And now I'm like, 
it's okay. I'm, I'm actually like learning to love this body and actually in so doing, it's starting to change. Like that's shifting too, which is, is, is lovely, (laughs) but it took getting to this place of like deep love and actually being like, God, how nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a burden. It's, it's been such a lot of effort my whole life to carry that. And there's a kind of laying it down that feels wise and real and actually beautiful and even sexy in its own way. Oh, love hearing that, you know, uh, yes, yes. And yes. And more yeses, you know, I, I feel like, um, this journey with, you know, the, 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 the changing body is, like I said, is part of that humility and it's part of that love, real love of self because, right. It's easy to love yourself when you feel like everything is like what it should be like, or like you said, like walking down the road with your, your beautiful daughters (laughs) being like, wow, I'm really in a different phase of my life now. Right. And, and there's something else inside of this that I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on this. Yeah. Because it's really been with me, but there is this embrace within me of this humility this beautiful graciousness and humility like you said that you can just be in the room and bring that shakti presence Mm. for me the other word that's coming is elegance and i've always aspired to elegance because elegance to me is about being in the quintessence of something it is a refinement of our personhood, a distillation of our personhood, we could say it that way. But there's something about the women in their 50s, as I see and I watch their elegance come forth, their confidence in that beautiful way that confidence really is, a lack of need of validation outside of self. And that's sitting in that elegance of just who they actually are. And so I just really want to reflect that back to you because you're one of my role models around that. If I just think you're so freaking beautiful and elegant in who you are. It's mm-hmm. like you've refined yourself to the point on this journey. And now I can see the extraordinary crone who's going to come in to take the place of the queen that you are right now. I can just see it. And it's like, wow, that is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sweetheart. And, and thank you so much. I really receive that. And I and I love these words of elegance and distinction mm-hmm. and yeah, refinement. Um yeah, these are super important words. And you know, in in this gateway, right? That's what's beckoning. Right. Right. You know? and, and we can't walk through the doorway with all the old stuff like it requires us to set it down if we want to have this new thing you know it reminds me of a profound moment that I had with a channel at a really crucial moment of my life where my husband had just left and I was completely completely devastated and I said you know, in this room, uh, you know, with this beautiful woman, Diana, who was channeling 
And I said, I don't know how to let, how do I let go mm. of something that I, that I don't want to let go of? I don't know how to let go. I told her, and I had my hands in like little fists oh. and she just walked up to me, you know, again, another elder. And she just looked at me and said so clearly the way that you let go is you reach for something that you prefer more. Oh, oh, how perfect. And I held her hands out and she's like, reach for something you prefer more because, and I I feel like I'm so glad that that just came in because that is what's on offer, right? Yes, we can have our our hands in little fists and we can rail against the gray hairs and the wrinkles and the vaginal atrophy and all (laughs) things, you know? And they're real and they're worth railing about. I'm not, you know, we, they're worth grieving about, but there is this, there is also on offer here, this opportunity to reach for something that we prefer more. And okay. also just to reach for something that frankly is inevitable, right? Like, are we going to do, there is no, everybody's going through this. We are all moving through these cycles. There is nobody who gets a free pass here. So like, <laughs> How can we embrace it? How can we find the mentors, the coaches, the voices, you know, that show us the way? And there's a lot of them right now. Thank God. Right. And like, yeah, you know, and we can be that voice. Wow. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because I do feel like that is a, is a very tangible image Mm. the elder I mean these are the elders right holding out their hands to us and saying reach for something else then reach for something you desire more and I know I can just feel Lisa as we've been having this conversation you know like the entrance way in the gateway in is always for me I won't say for everybody but in my life the gateway into transformation is usually discomfort. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real, right? I'm a creature comfort person. Totally. Right? Yep. When I'm uncomfortable physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, when I'm edged out, when I'm faced with adversity, those are the moments when I'm going to make a change. That's going to precipitate the change. And I think that that is pretty normal for most of us. I do think that's kind of how we grow. And it's not I'm not saying that we should have to encounter adversity in order to grow, but I don't know, in the 30 years of me doing this work, yeah, right? Think, you know, that's right. what I've come to the conclusion of. And so I want to encourage all of us who are listening, whatever might be going on for you with your experience of your sexuality, your intimacy, your passageway through wherever you are in your life, Take a moment to look at it from the perspective of this is happening for me to engage with the next part of my own growth. Yes. It's an invitation. Think of it as an invitation. Right. And and there's something, even the vaginal atrophy is an invitation, right? Because when I really realized that I wasn't actually broken and there wasn't actually something horribly wrong with me, I was like, Oh, it's an invitation to have that conversation with my beloved and to actually be real and be intimate and create connection rather than disconnection and rather than holding it and trying to be something you're not. That's what's done at menopause, my loves. 
Yes, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I, I could literally speak for you to you for hours because I do speak to you for hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so fortunate. Oh, we're so fortunate. I'm so fortunate. <laughs> Y'all got to know that Lisa and I are going off to the hot springs this weekend. Oh, I'm going to go soak in the waters and have lots of girl time. <laughs> what a gift. So, Lisa, how, what's upcoming for you, love? What are you, what are you up to? Tell us what you're doing. Um, you know what? I, I want to invite um, anyone who's interested in or feels resonant um, with what I have to share to check out. I just created a, it's free. It's a masterclass called From Pressure to Pleasure, The Shakti mm-hmm. Woman Way. And mm-hmm. The Shakti Woman Way is a distillation of my 20 plus years as a, a high-end coach. Um, so it's there's a lot of practicality in it, but it's really a, an orientation tool for mm-hmm. bringing more Shakti into one's day-to-day. And that by, by so doing, just having more of the frequency of pleasure and love and union in your life. And I've got a pretty solid framework to share with you um, if you're interested in that to help you get there. And I want us all to have more of that and be more of that anchor in the world. And um, so I encourage anybody who's interested to just come check it out. You can sign up for it, get it instantly on my website, which is awakening Shakti, S-H-A-K-T-I.com. Woohoo. I highly recommend anything that this particular woman has to say. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that is straight out of my heart because I'm so blessed to have you in my life, sweetheart, and to get to learn from you and just to have your wisdom and your, uh, your, your heart and your humor is such a gift. So I want to just say Thank you to all of you for being here. We'd love to hear from you, what pinged you, what inspired you, where you're nodding your head and saying, hell yes, that's me. <laughs> um, you know, and let's really have this conversation together, you know. Let's help to bring about a consciousness and a respect for where we are in our lives as women who are engaging with this phase of life transition. With that said... I will be back with another juicy episode of the Red Podcast very, very soon. And until then, um, we're sending you lots and lots of love. Thank you so much, Lise. Thank you, beloved. Bye for now, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. 
Until next time, many, many blessings. <laughs>